should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because what else do you have to do on a snow day? <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Benedict, who is currently surrounded by a series of space heaters consuming more electricity than the output of a small nation. Benedict! <laughs> who is the funniest person you can think of? And I'm not fishing for compliments. I mean, like, semi-famous. Let's go. Oh, uh, okay. That's a good question. Um. So I have, and, and, and let me say, not comedians, not comedians was okay. the other part of this. Okay, well that not wasn't a, not a that, stand up. That wasn't a fucking <laughs> obvious part of it. Uh, um, well, maybe it's because I forgot to say that part. Okay, all right, all right, that makes sense. Um, funniest person I can think of. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to be like, well, my wife is very funny. <laughs> Big wife she's, in, guy. she's in the room. It's okay. She's in the room. We get it. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Can I say me? Like... <laughs> Fine, if that's the way you want to go with it. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I, well, I, like, it depends because I think a lot of people are funny, but like only in the context. So Britain has a lot of shows that are like panel shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. I that America of them. doesn't really have. Um, and I don't know why it seems, it seems weird. Like America has like a lot of like weird variety shows and like the talk shows and stuff. Um, you know, someone like Ian Hislop can be very funny or, or Paul Merson who are on, have I got news for you? Um, I think it has something to do with like the nature of the BBC and the way the BBC has influenced British pop culture. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Something like that. Do you have someone in mind that caused you to answer this question? Cause yes, that might inspire me. Of course, of course okay, that's okay, why. Okay, okay. Brennan yeah, yeah. Lee Mulligan. Brennan Lee Mulligan is just simply one of the funniest motherfuckers I can think of, uh, who you probably remember from like college humor back when that was a thing. And he's still with them now, now that it's dropout, uh, owned by Robert Reich's son, uh, Sam Reich. Uh, yeah. And he's just, he's just spectacularly funny. Nobody can make me laugh like him. I don't know why. Interesting. We not count him as a comedian then? I mean, I guess maybe he, I mean, he's, he's an improv guy, right? He started out doing improv okay. and then he got on with college humor. Um, and, and I sent you a video of him the other day from TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's that guy. Okay. He's just spectacularly funny. I love him so much. I'm a subscriber to Dropout for anyone who's wondering, cause uh, mm-hmm. I'm big on that nerd culture stuff. Um, wow. And, Would never uh, have guessed. And, and it's outstanding. And I just love Brennan and everything he ever does. Uh, go check okay. out Dimension 20. And uh, Game Changer and all the other stuff he's on. He's fantastic. Anyways, Benedict, none of that's relevant. It was supposed no. to be a short intro question Sorry, bit yeah. thing that I always ask you. But, Benedict, you probably know what it is we do here on this program. Uh-huh. Uh, some other folks, folks who have never watched Brennan Lee Mulgan uh, host a game of D&D as a dungeon master, uh, <laughs> they might not know what it is that we do here. And then I would say is the show where we go a deep, 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 deep. 
to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative literature, and in between, taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week? I do, but should we do the disclaimer about my mic first? Oh, uh, do you want me to do that now? I was going to put it in the update section. Oh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, whatever. We can do it now. So Benedict um, is moving, and I also... Am. But it's also irrelevant to what happened. Like, apparently yeah, I today broke his microphone stand. <laughs> yeah, so I'm currently hand-holding a mic, mm-hmm. which is probably not great for the levels, so I apologize uh, pe- for that. People, you're going to be hearing some strange noises uh, as Benedict's fingies move on More the than usual. Um, although, what I will say, and, and this is early in the podcast, so I may change my mind on this, I do feel like it's making me more engaged in the podcast because <laughs> I'm having to like concentrate on what you're saying and like where I want the mic to be. I times. should have like, left the little handheld dynamic mic there for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I it, it's I do I do feel like I'm paying more attention to what you're saying and stuff. Like it's great. It's good. Well, that's um, an improvement. Yeah, so I think maybe this is the way forward. Like maybe this is just how I if if the levels aren't too bad, this is just how we do it now. I'm buying I don't know. you a new mic stand. I okay, that's fine. You, you should stand. probably do that. Yeah. yeah that's I will. fine. Um also you have a new laptop so the levels yes! are fucked anyway. So the baby laptop got replaced finally. Mm-hmm. With something that works and is not um, running off of, I assume, whatever powered a Nokia 2600. Yeah, uh, so you never actually charged that laptop, presumably. It's just been, <laughs> it's been, it's, you haven't had a charger for years. You don't have to. You don't have no, to. No, exactly. Right? That's what I'm saying. Nokia 2600, you couldn't break it. You couldn't make it not work. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we do have a new tiny laptop. So I might also not have the volume and things dialed in exactly in on that yet. I literally just set it up last night. Uh, when I got it, so uh, still working to get everything squared away there. But Benedict, the fuck is your hot take? Oh, packing doesn't get any better. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, that's it. It's consumed my life in the past like week, oh. uh, and even with surprisingly, like you, like it, it just is a nightmare. You, you have surprisingly few things, but also surprisingly so fucking many things, and the few things you have somehow fill so many boxes. Yeah. Like how? How did this happen? I have almost nothing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm bereft of things. I'll say, as someone who's been in your home, compared to me, yes, you have. I, I have a collection of junk. I have. So I have much a, junk. a rather minimalist lifestyle generally. Yeah. Compared uh, to my fucking junk pile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> my wife is currently walking comments. around yeah. in a in a tie and a hoodie because we found clothes oh, while God. we were. And I'm I'm wearing Benedict a red panda hat. Broke so. packing broke. Better than his wife. <laughs> That's right. I'm wearing my red panda hat, which I forgot I owned to be honest, but I now <laughs> love again. So the the good thing about packing my hot take is you find shit that you forgot you owned. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What about you? What's your hot take? My hot take, Benedict. Uh, change your sheets, people. Change your yeah, sheets. Yeah, that is a good uh, hot take. Is I'd... this because you didn't and now you're like, oh, fuck? No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, I change my sheets pretty regularly. But I did. So, like, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, one of the things that I, I wanted to do and that I've done is to to revamp my, my whole bedding setup. Mm. Because so, here's a question. Do you? I know you cha- You said change your sheets, but do you? That's not what have, I mean. It was just a, a funny way to say it, and then get but, to what I was really talking about. No, but what I'm saying. My question is: Do you have like one set of sheets that you wash and put back on the bed? No. Or do you have a rotation of like two sets of sheets? One goes into the wash and gets washed. The other one gets okay. put on, and then when it comes out of the wash, goes on the shelf in the gotcha. closet. And then when it's time to change, put that set on. Okay, so but, we do we do a special wash for the sheets and then mm-hmm. put them back on the bed. We don't do a separate wash. Okay. So. But 
for like the last decade plus, I have had the same sheets and bedding and everything mm. just just for the entire time. It's That's bad. Yeah, I haven't gotten new ones. So okay. I was finally like, okay, I went, I got a new mattress when I moved into this apartment because okay. I left my old mattress in my bedroom at my partner's house where I sleep because she snores like a fucking rhinoceros. Uh, <laughs> Do rhinoceroses snore a lot? I, <laughs> I assume they got big noses, right? Yeah, but surely that's there's a lot of passage for air there. Like, surely you want a small-nosed animal, like a mouse. I, I assume they snore, Ben. Uh, so I left that there. I got a new mattress here. I bought new headboard, dresser, all that set up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I went and I, I just was like, I just want nice sheets. Mm. So what did I do? I went and ordered them off of the Marriott website where you can buy their hotel sheets. That's fun. I thought you were about to tell us the parachute had finally become a sponsor. No. Uh, but no. Okay, I was just fun. like, you know what? Look, every time you sleep in a hotel bed, you're like, hey, the sheets are nice. And you know why? Probably because they buy nice sheets because they want people to feel well, comfortable. Well, also so they because they, like have to, there. they have to wash them at like 120 degrees to yeah. get all the fucking disgusting stuff exactly. out. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'm getting those sheets. And I got those sheets and I'm very happy. Okay, it's the good. moral of the entire story. Good. Entirely so new good. bed setup, Sorry. and I'm very happy about it. I did somewhat keep derailing your story there. I, I even threw out all the old pillows that have, you know, all the pillows that are yellowed because you never wash pillows, and you really, I feel like you should I wash, wash my pillows. pillows. Do, okay, I feel like that usually destroys pillows, though. It does. My pillows are specifically <laughs> washable, so. Okay, I need to find me some of those. I, the, the Casper pillows are very good. I will, I will uh, recommend them. Are they sponsoring the podcast, Benedict? They are not, then no. Then fuck them. They're yeah, shit okay. pillows. Okay. Uh, anyways, Benedict, on to housekeeping this week. Mm. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod and at NYGBC Ben on Twitter. Uh, soon to be I'm on Blue, Blue Sky, Sky now. What are you yeah. on Blue Sky? I, I Same. St- so one of our, our fantastic listeners, who will be getting a shout out here in a moment, uh, sent us some Blue Sky codes. Uh, and I have not yet taken the time to go and start up my Blue Sky profile, but soon I will. And if I'm assuming our handle would be available, right? Who else For is sure, going to do yeah. NYGBC Pod? No. Uh, then I'll be taking that handle. But what is yep. yours now on Blue Sky? Same, NYGBC Ben. I okay. was gonna do I was gonna do Ben YGBC, but I thought that might be confusing. <laughs> it was so much uh, better though. It's it so is much better, better, yeah. Than yeah. No, it is. But it's fine. Also, Blue Sky seems great. It's literally Twitter without a lot of the fucking <laughs> white supremacists. So is it cool. really? I'm it, I'm excited if it, you're saying it's, it's really it, is like it that. is, yeah. It's good. It like the, the interface is pretty much Twitter. Like it's it's good. Oh, that's fantastic. So now I'm excited. I'm going to go try yeah. and set that up as soon as I get it. I don't know that it has like the same amount. I mean, obviously it doesn't have the same amount of people on it, but mm-hmm. like I'm there, there are, there's enough interaction on there that I think it remains interesting. That's see, the interaction is the part that I care about. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. really as long as it's okay. you know, less Nazis. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, before you do uh, New World Spooky World Order, I have an update actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so last, last week, and I, I just think this is important for the context of what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, Josh Hawley mentioned his travels in Oxford. That was literally on my list for the updates to do. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, but no, but I just, I, the thing I want to say is that he was talking about Balliol College and I think it's important that there are, people know that the chant that exists about Balliol is, and this is very original from, for the Oxford colleges. It goes, we all hate Balliol. <laughs> we all hate Balliol. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> gotta love it you really yeah, gotta I love think, it I think people need to know that and it goes on for four verses and there's no other words 
That's fantastic. Because the one I had in the updates was we still don't know what the fuck Josh did at Oxford. Well, so someone sent in – I forget who it was. I hope you have that. Yeah, the, but the, I, I just don't know if that – so someone sent in a message and said, hey, like Stanford has a study abroad program. I presume Oxford. that's it. But because I don't know that, if that was, A, around when Josh was it's, it says uh, It says on there that it's been around for like 50 years. Okay, so. well, then I just yeah, didn't yeah. check into it enough. Fine, then yeah. we do know. Fuck it. It's Moving probably on. that. It's probably that. Moving on to the spooky world, New World Order, bleh. Uh, we have some inductees this week, Ben. Like starting off with, on, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing your name, because there is a Z in there after an R, and I'm sorry. i not not good at this. Andre... Kedzior, I'm thinking is how it's pronounced. Mm. But it's a good name. I like tell me name. if I'm wrong. You are now part of our new world, spooky world. Additionally, this week we also have to induct Mockingbird Nation, <laughs> uh, who told me that uh, they're on an episode of the X Files because I'm doing my uh, semi-annual rewatch of all the X Files. I seem to do every other year or so. So Mockingbird Nation, you are now part of our. New World Spooky World Order. Bro. Okay, that's getting close. Right? That's getting close when you do whatever that you just did with your <laughs> When fist. I fisted the mic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, to the person who did give us our Blue Sky invite codes, Taru Takanen, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Bro. That one was bad. But, but bad. Yep, that was worse. <laughs> If you would like to join the Spooky World Order, remember to tweet or post about the show on social media, recommending it to others, and send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can and drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. With all that out of the way, Benedict, it is time to get into this week's episode, which I know you are so enthusiastic for. <laughs> so, Benedict... Yes. Once, once again, my plan this week was to get on with more of our introductory material for our series to get us to unite the right. Mm. But as it seems to always go, once again, I got These distracted. motherfuckers always be up to something. They be fucking posting, man. <laughs> posting till they die. That's right. Uh, and it, it, what distracted me this week was the Wired Magazine article by William Turton about Charlie Kirk and his plan to launch a war against Martin Luther King Jr. Specifically. On MLK Day. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, it's just very... Okay, my perception of this mm -hmm. from literally having not looked at it because I can't be fucked, yeah. but... You can't be fucked. What? <laughs> can't be fucked to do so. Okay. You know, not not because I'm an incel. I, I very much would have been involved with it. If, uh, <laughs> No, so cops are still here for me, by the way. <laughs> exactly, yeah, no, I can hear that. Um, no, someone posted about it. I think it was Jane Costa, maybe that um, basically being like, "This is the most like online bullshit ever." Like mm -hmm. convincing yourself that you're gonna win a fight in 2024 about Martin Luther King being a bad guy is like this. Like it's just such a normy opinion now that MLK <laughs> is cool. The well, Benedict. Well, I got some stuff to say today that I think I want to know by the end of the episode if you think Charlie might be more successful than you're estimating. No, I don't think so. I, think I, 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 I still think you're going to have that same opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like there's no way. Like, like well, I think definitely. For example, what do you, like if you're if you said to like your parents, you were like, hey, maybe MLK wasn't so great. Do you think they would be like, oh yeah, you've got a point, or do you think they'd be like, no, he was a great man? I think. My dad would probably say something along the lines of, well, he cheated on his wife. 
Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but like that's boring. So yeah, it is. And it's not what Charlie is talking about no. today. No, these are much more salacious things that Charlie's going to be saying and we're going to be hearing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, we'll see how you feel at the end of the episode. I think, I'm I think Charlie is going to have some impact. I don't know how large it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, but they've been trying to overturn the Civil Rights Act for like, well, I mean, they tried to overturn Roe and manage that eventually. Yeah, they so did, maybe, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now it makes you think, maybe, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Maybe I'm wrong. But so this article in Wired, which will uh, obviously be linked in the show notes and everyone should go check out, um, they had got and, – and this is one of the things um, that, that, that mm, I don't know, Charlie keeps bringing up, like, as a point of pride that well, well, they're obsessed with us. They're just listening to everything we – Charlie, you said this on a podcast – which is there yeah. for people to listen to. You wanted people to listen to it. Yeah, and they although did. I'm not sure that I want people to listen to this. So like. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Uh, but, you know, so one of the things that they quote uh, in the Wired article, I'll just give you the basics of, of what they had uh, about what Charlie said, um, is basically at uh, December 2023 uh, in Amer- at America Fest, just last December, mm-hmm. um, Kirk said, quote, MLK was awful. He's not a good person. He said one good thing he actually didn't believe. Uh, and then... Uh, Is on, that the one thing that they know that he said? It's the one thing. It's the yeah, one yeah. thing, yes. Uh, and then he went on to later say, I have a very, very radical view on this, but I can defend it and I've thought about it. We, had, we made a huge mistake when we passed the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s. Mm. And they point this out. In contrast to things that, that he said before, right? They point out that in 2015, Charlie Kirk called MLK a hero. In 2022, he called him a civil rights icon. And then one short year later in 2023, he's saying that MLK is the worst. We need to do it with the civil yeah, rights. Yeah, I mean, it's that. shocking that Charlie has no consistency when it comes to these things. Is it? Is it? We're going to be talking I, about audience I, I hope you a little could, bit. <laughs> you, you could detect the dripping sarcasm that I was yes, yes. projecting with my voice there. <laughs> but so... It occurred to me when I read this article that we've sort of glossed over, I think, some of the modern civil rights rhetoric going on in the right. Yeah, I think we've talked about it a few times. The, it's the come anti-civil up. civil rights, yeah, yeah. But we haven't really gotten deep on it. And I, and I think, because honestly, I can't remember everything we've ever talked about on every episode, right? We have Yeah, I think we've done an MLK episode, to be I honest. don't think we have. Honestly, okay, well, whenever not. I have these questions, there are times where I have like an idea for an episode and I have gone back and checked our catalog and been like, oh, shit, I did an episode on that already. <laughs> that happens to me this sometimes. This is where we need something like the knowledge fight people have where we're like, did we do an episode about this? Yeah, Someone somebody tell us. us. Did we do an episode on that? I honestly don't know. <laughs> At this point, it's been so long, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but so we haven't really talked about it. And I do also think it's worth taking a closer look at Charlie Kirk and TPUSA than we've done in the past. So as sort of an intro, we have to cover some basic ground so we're all on the same page, right? Starting with the obvious fact that racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, all the various impeti, is that the plural of impetus? Yeah. It's not impetuses, right? Impeti. I don't know. It's a Latin word. Who knows? For opposition to civil rights, for any number of groups, do not only exist among conservatives or on the right. Uh, remember, for example, that many unions once fought against equality because they thought that equal rights for African-Americans and others would hurt white mm-hmm. workers, among many other examples. 
But at their core, all these things are generally conservative by their nature, all of the phobias and the biases. I'm sure someone has come up with like some fucked up leftist justification for homophobia or racism that would be at least like internally consistent with whatever leftist positions they hold. Uh, but generally speaking, all these things have conservative justifications. Mm-hmm. And I think to explain that, we also need to clarify, right, by conservative, I don't mean the Republican Party of 2024. We don't yeah. have a conservative party. We have a Republican one. Mm-hmm. I mean conservative, which, to put it in the words of Ben Shapiro, is an ideology that t- tends to conserve something. And most <laughs> of the time, people don't even know what it is that we want to conserve. And then I Well, what, them, the thing we want to conserve is the thing that the liberals fought for, well, like, well, 10 well, years well, ago. Well, 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 you see, well, you see they, they don't even know what it is that we want to conserve. And, and then, then I wink at them, and I hand them a pamphlet on segregation. Because that— uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good, Shapiro. <laughs> it really—I don't know why, but that one hurt me. That would hurt my throat when I was mm. doing it. That's not a raspy one either, but that was hurting my throat I think to do. Just that's why he's so angry all the time. Because <laughs> his voice doesn't even have any gravitas, but it hurts his throat always. So as Ben Shapiro told us, and I don't remember if it was in the right side of history when we read that or if it was in a video we watched of him, uh, but I do remember that he at some point told us that conservatism is about conserving something. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, usually pretty cagey when you try and nail them down on what that is that they're trying to conserve, right? Yeah. Because Ben might be right. They probably don't know what it is they're trying to conserve because mm-hmm. the right doesn't have any real depth of political education or philosophical knowledge, generally speaking. Uh, but if their claims about the ideology being meant to conserve are true, by its own terms, I think, it intends to preserve a status quo, Right. Bigotries, as practiced, generally share that same impulsive reasoning. Uh, You know, during the civil rights era in America, the Southern whites were attempting to preserve a status quo of white superiority, white supremacy, uh, opposition to marriage equality, another status quo, voting rights for women, preservation of a status quo, opposition to the existence of trans people, status quo. And that's mm-hmm. not to say like that that's the only motivation behind these things, because sometimes they're just like freestanding bigotries of I don't like those people, which play a part. And mm-hmm. obviously things like religion, which I would argue itself is a conservative enterprise trying to maintain its own status quo. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, the point is that opposition to any new rights for a group of people, and I say new rights in heavy air quotes, mm-hmm. um, is typically opposed by a conservative faction, regardless of their other political beliefs. Uh, and another thing I want to just briefly touch on is that all this largely ties into other topics, topics that we will be tackling on other shows, right? Like the Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory, which, which Charlie's just all in on without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, obviously we're going to have to do an episode on that eventually. And then Great. another topic, like the, the Southern opposition to civil rights during the 50s and 60s and onwards. Like all these things, I can't cover everything in one episode. Benedict is already mad that I told him this episode might be going a bit long. So, I am furious. Today we're focusing in particular on much more recent years and, of course, on Charlie Kirk and TPUSA in particular as our case study. And basically, what did Charlie want to do to MLK this year? And hey, mm. Benedict, we are recording on MLK Day after yeah. Charlie Happy done MLK Day. Uh, it's not, I, I, I'm pretty sure I say this every year, but go read the letter from Birmingham Jail. Yay! It's published in many places. You never find MLK Day decorations anywhere. You know, like I'm not Wal- gonna make a joke. It's fine. I'm good. <laughs> Walmart doesn't have MLK Day decorations. No, so it just, it that's just true. occurred to me because I was at where was I earlier? I was oh I was at PetSmart. 
Uh, and you thought, you know, now's no, the time. They had, they had Valentine's Day decorations out, and I was like, huh, I don't think I've ever seen MLK Day decorations. I mean, yeah, that makes sense, to be fair. Anyways, Benedict, so I want to start today by talking a little bit about Charlie Kirk. And, like, we've covered, I think, his basic history and stuff already on the yeah. episode. I think I titled The Kids Aren't All Right. Um, but really on where Charlie has been more recently is what I want to talk about. And I think, uh, you know, worth pointing out, and I've seen this pointed out a few times, is they're, like, they're making a big effort for, as you said, the kids aren't all right. Um, so, like... Buddy, how did you get out of your pen that I put you in in the other room? Oh, no. Into my office? Buddy. How did this happen? What are you doing here? Huh? What What have you been chewing on while I didn't know oh, you were out? Oh, no, huh? buddy. Look at him. He's Buddy's joined us here. in the studio. Okay. Buddy, what do you think of Charlie Kirk? He's pulling a face. Apparently not much. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go put him back. That's okay. Well, I'm gonna talk while you do it, and I'm just gonna say, and Kevin can cut where I talk, stop talking because uh, I don't have a huge amount to say, and Kevin's pug is very cute. But what I will say is that uh, Charlie has been putting a big effort into cultivating the next level of the conservative youth movement and has a lot of funding to do that so it's going to be really interesting to see how much influence they have and they've, they've been putting a lot of stuff into having influence on campus and uh holding these events uh that sometimes get criticized because they associate with groupers and other people like that um that they then come out and say are unsavory but and apologize for for kind of sharing a stage with them sometimes. But sorry, I've just been talking about. Have you been uh, talking? This yeah, whole yeah, time? I have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was talking about uh, the amount of effort and money they put into conservative events on campus, and then sometimes they have to apologize for accidentally being friends with groupers. That's where I got to. Well, good thing um, I don't have to edit out any dead air from when I was putting him back in his little up. I thought that would so, be better. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Turning Point USA. To be entirely fair has grown into one of the largest right-wing organizations in the country. Not just, like, campus organizations, because let's be fair, it's not. It's not a campus organization. It's it's pretending to be a campus organization. No, it's but it is a satellite to campuses, I would say. Sure, but its real target are people in their 30s and above. Yeah, but I I guess, but I think the, the money that goes into it is for the actual campus stuff. Uh, I would say no, and... I'll give you a couple reasons why. One okay. is that most of their conferences, if you look at all the crowd shots of attendees, boy, they are asking where the senior menu is. That uh, might be true, but are we sure that's not just because conservative college kids don't dress like 40-year-old dads? Like no, I'm saying usually they aren't completely white-haired by the time they're out of college. I, being a fuckwit ages you also. <laughs> so. You're not wrong on that. Um, and second, so Charlie Kirk's entire brand is very clearly, to me, aimed at older people. And mm -hmm. I'm not just saying, like, the way he talks, the rhetoric. And I would go down to the point of, like, if you look at the ads on his radio show, the ad reads he does. And I'll tell you about a few of them later because we're going to be hearing them. Or well, yeah. I don't actually, I'm not playing you any of the ads, but I'll tell you about the ads. They are clearly aimed at older people. Very, okay. very, very clearly. Uh, but anyway, so it's still a very large organization, right? Their 2020 IRS 990 form stated that they have a balance of 40-plus million U.S. dollars. $40 million in Turning Point USA. That is outrageous. And obviously, as you just mentioned, we just talked about, it's pretending to be a youth organization, right? 
Um, I honestly don't believe that even they believe that anyone thinks the youth angle is really a thing. And mm. we'll hear some stuff today that I think supports that Charlie knows who his real audience is, right? Okay. Including that, and this is important, you don't actually have to be a student to start a TPUSA chapter. Because now they have TPUSA Faith, which you can sign up on their website, uh, turningpointusa.com slash start a chapter, I believe is the URL, to be a Turning Point USA Faith chapter for anyone of any age. And I would suspect that that's going to be a growing proportion of Turning Point USA's membership in coming years. But nominally, right, on some degree, it is aimed at right-wing youth. And I think that we see in Charlie uh, some degree of audience capture and bad influence from some folks we'll talk about in a minute. But Sorry, how old is Charlie? He's a few years younger than us. I want to say 28, Okay. if I remember right. I don't have it pulled up, but I I think he's like 27, 28-ish, right around there. Uh, Because, yeah, he's a couple years younger than me. I'm going to Google it while you talk. Good. Uh, Donald Uh, Trump won Iowa, by the way. Are any of us surprised? No. No, no, we're not. Uh, but uh, uh, any number of publications out there have written about TPUSA's racism problem. And I'll link a few of them in the show notes. There's been plenty of articles that have come out about that. But most famously, some of the examples, uh, Crystal Clanton, former national field director for TPUSA, was fired mm-hmm. or resigned after her text messages leaked saying, quote, I hate all black people. Like, fuck them all. I hate blacks. End of story. Seems pretty clear. Pretty cut and dried, yeah. I would say. Uh, (laughs) uh, In uh, 2018, uh, YAF, the Young America's Foundation, the organization organization with the book list we've talked about that promotes neo-Nazi Pat Buchanan's book, the book that quotes William Luther Pierce, by the way, that's Mm -hmm. the one that they're promoting. They released a memo in which they claim that TPUSA has been boosting its numbers with neo-Nazis and racists. YAF did? YAF did that. Nice. That was based off a May 2018 Mediaite uh, publication. Uh, they published a video that was taken in a hotel room at a TPUSA conference, uh, at which conference attendee and America First Policy's think tank advisor, Juan Pablo Andrade, said, quote, the only thing the Nazis didn't get right is they didn't keep fucking going. Yeah. Not great. Caleb Akarma, who wrote that article, uh, also said that sources at TPUSA told him that one of Andrade's cohort in the hotel room, the guy who actually posted this video to Snapchat that Media published, uh, a man by the name of Caesar Saberi, Suburbi, I think is how that's pronounced, had been on a TPUSA blacklist, but that the list had been scrapped to boost attendance numbers at TPUSA events. <laughs> Which means, Benedict... <laughs> Having they, a blacklist meant they were there were so many people on the blacklist who wanted to be involved with TPUSA, they couldn't, couldn't fill yeah. their events. That Ooh. is outrageous. That is insane. And I'll say, Severby, he might have been on that TPUSA blacklist because he attended the Unite the Right rally. Uh, and posts regularly on Facebook about wanting to genocide all the demographic groups he dislikes. Mm. Which, by the way, that post is a post that was liked by Caitlin Marie Bennett. Do you know that name? Is she the gun girl? The She's Kent the Kent State, State, State gun, gun girl. You are Thanks. learning things. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, but yes, he did say that on there. Uh, Crystal Clanton's replacement uh, was a woman named Shaylee Grumman who, of course, had her own racist tweets, which included extensive use of the N-word, homophobic slurs. Uh, One that said, quote, all I get is N-word dick, RT, and then two handles of people who she was apparently sub-retweeting this of. 
Uh, I think that's how quote tweets used to work. Is if that you did how them I in did? a certain way, yeah. Huh. Uh, by the way, she was not censoring herself. She used the full hard R N-word. Uh, and the only way you can see that bow N-words is if you never had N-word dick. This is the woman who replaced the woman fired for racism. And she even once posted, quote, I am always making racist comments, LOL. You might say that it wasn't a great replacement. <laughs> why i haven't fired you from the show yet <laughs> comments like that really just makes it all worth it really just makes it all worth it i'd been sitting on that one for about a minute <laughs> uh there's also a fantastic twitter thread i will put in the show notes uh by ben lorber at ben lorber eight on twitter that i'll link uh about grapers and white supremacists of other varieties who were at a tpusa conference in tampa bay in 2022 and i, I and i think that is really the larger story here, right? You can read a whole, you can spend a whole day reading yep. stories about local TPUSA chapter presidents and associated figures who have been yeah, outed as white you'll supremacists. You'll always be able to argue that it's decentralized and they don't have mm -hmm. control over those people. Right. But yeah, right. I think you're you're right. The the centralization bit is the most interesting. But but typically, for most of them who have been uncovered, the main affiliation in their white supremacist side is with Nick Fuentes' Groiper movement. And that's mm -hmm. not by accident. And I assume you talked about that when I was off putting the dog back. I had started talking about Groipers, yeah, okay. but not, I didn't get very far into so, it. So Fuentes and his little shitheads have been actively engaging in a campaign to infiltrate TPUSA and turn it to their cause. And I think they're winning. And this MLK bit of Charlie Kirk's is no small part of me thinking that they're definitely winning because they've mm -hmm. won the top at this point. They're almost there. I think Charlie Kirk... Um, you know, although he's always been a little shit weasel fascist, has been captured by the Groipers and is actively pivoted towards them for just like the saddest, weakest clout. It's really, really pathetic when you sit down and think about it. Which mm -hmm. brings us to Charlie's latest term, which is, I will say, colorblind racism. Which is a complicated term because many people use it in many different ways. Yep. But I'll say this. Chucky may be, and I think definitely is, explicitly or openly racist behind the scenes. But what he professes, where his voice and audio is recorded, is an ideology stemming from the one line that Republicans know from MLK, mm -hmm. and is really the root of all this. You know, the, I have a, the I have a dream line. Right, and, and you look at the comment uh, Charlie said about MLK, he said one good thing that he didn't even believe. I think that's that's pretty evident where this all is is aimed at or where they're how they're trying to frame it at least so you know charlie is the same age as us generally and in the 90s and early 2000s when we were growing up i would imagine and i can definitely say this is true as to my parents mm -hmm. uh, most conservatives raised their kids to handle racism just basically with that one line and some vague statements about treating everyone equally mm -hmm. that's about the extent of how i got and so i think this the way it's being framed, this is another status quo keeping move. Mm -hmm. It's keeping a different status quo, a status quo that is no less harmful in that it attempts to downplay all the challenges that minorities face in this country, but it is definitely trying to keep a status quo of the normative 90s white kid, what they were told by their parents sort of thing. Sure. Um, 
And for some disaffected conservative shitlords who are really into the whole, you know, why don't we have a white student union type of thing, it seems to translate into what has become the most recent in vogue conservative thing, which is claiming that any attempt to uplift disadvantaged minorities is an attack on white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hochschild book um, that I'm blanking on the name of, Strangers in Their Own Land, yep. uh, with, uh, which is a you know, great example. Uh, she's a fantastic uh, author. It's, check that book out. Um, <coughs> she talks about how uh, white people who she was studying uh, felt that any advancement for people of color was, uh, they thought that they were, were cutting in line, some you know mythical line that everyone is standing in. But these people yeah, weren't looking I, I, down at their feet and seeing who they were walking over. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that, that, that's not a post-civil rights thing. That goes back to a, a, a pre, you know, that's, that's a lot of the Southern mentality around the Civil War and Reconstruction is like, well, at least I'll always be better than them, you yeah. know, like, and, and, you know, and therefore any attempt to raise them up is seen as pushing you down in the, yeah. in the, yeah. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's the ideology is well, well, white people are people too, and everyone's supposed to be treated the same. And I can't get a scholarship from the NAACP, so that's a racism. Yep. It's, I think generally sort of how the line of thinking goes. It also it very much reminds me of the scene in Community where Troy lies about being assaulted by his uncle. Not a good look in retrospect, but <laughs> when it's revealed that he was lying, the drama club uh, professor professorson says. The pain of not having any pain, which is just (laughs) one of my favorite lines of all time. Uh, But because most of the people making these complaints aren't people with actual problems, right? The ones who we hear about who get posted about by every proud aunt of a student with a 10.0 GPA who didn't get into Harvard Mm -hmm. and had to go to Cornell because some black kids stole his spot. Yeah, They're, They're not the type of people who've had a whole ton of real struggle in their lives. Uh, which isn't to say that this whole rage cycle hasn't convinced many people who are, you know, disadvantaged white people that that they have faced some sort of reverse racism. Did you see but, that that kid that like posted a thing of him not getting into some college, and then it became this whole thing of like someone posted like he didn't say anything about race in the rejection, and then someone posted like better went to a black kid instead, and then this poor kid got a bunch of hate because like they assume people assumed that. They, like he had said it yeah and they had to message the guy that ran the account and be like can you like take that down and then the guy was like you should be more careful about what you post online because people can man. contextualize it fuck you it's you took bullshit. a you added your shit context like fuck off anyway yeah. carry on but, you know it, it carries into what i think is going to be the next right-wing outrage cycle which is uh dei it seems to be on oh, the Oh, no, that's right already now. happening. Well, that's it, already it, happening. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying the, is it's happening right now. The, which, I mean, Elon, it's, it's, that's Elon's bugbear. Oh, so. yeah, the Elon versus who the fuck was he tweeting at the other day? It was the, the Dallas Mavericks owner whose name I'm yeah, like. Mark Cuban. Uh, Mark, Mark Cuban, Cuban yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also been, like, subtweeting a bunch of stuff. And he yeah. also calls it DIE because he thinks people are going to die. Well, we saw that. Didn't Mark Levin do that? I think he probably, did that. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember Mark Levin Maybe Elon got it from Mark. Yeah, uh, you know, DEI, which is the new CRT, which is yeah. the, the new war on Christmas, which is the new There's always cultural fucking something, Marxism, yeah. which is the new culture Bolshevismus. You know, it's all that. It's all that rolled into one. Uh, but yeah, Charlie, they're, they're already on that whole. And I think Charlie got it from Tucker Carlson because, you know, Charlie has never had a new idea in his own yeah. brain. I think that's, that's where he got the DEI stuff because Tucker's been talking about that for a long time. Now. Mm. 
Um, and, and the idea of this grievance cycle is just another version of, of course, minorities are unqualified. And there's no benefit. Yeah, it's just old timey racism, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, like they're, they're not qualified for anything. The, more the than only way jobs. they have those jobs is because of DEI. Yeah, it's not even like new racism, though. That's just like old fashioned racism. Oh, it's yeah. not That's even like dressed up in any, any nothing way. Nothing new it's about just, it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just what I, Benedict, what I'm trying to say is that Charlie Kirk is racist. In case that wasn't sure. clear. Okay. <laughs> And of course, right, colorblind racism, it's a much wider topic than this, but I think it is an, it's a component of what's going on here. I, I will Charlie. say, just quickly, I, I've seen Jamel Bowie, who works mm-hmm. the New York Times and has a great TikTok. Um, One of the best TikToks. So good. Uh, I, love, he, I, always, I love when he does a walk and talk going yeah, down the street. Yeah, well, my problem like, is I just then I'm just watching a short <laughs> video for eight minutes because I'm like, this is all really good. <laughs> and funny really thing is I realized when he started doing that is that um uh 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 he i think he has a small dog yeah he, he does have a dog I, and i his dog like uh i think i remember a video where he had to stop the video because his dog almost got into a fight with another dog that's seems right doesn't matter um, anyway anyway he does he's doing. done a lot of good stuff recently on like this stuff just being old-timey racism oh, I, yeah, like it doesn't even require that deep analysis it's just interesting to hear how he oh absolutely 100 percent. Yeah, well, right and, and what i think is going on here is that Charlie and his cohort are actively trying to push these racist ideas within a package that sounds at first blush to be non-discriminatory, right? I think that makes it tough to get across what I mean, that, that Charlie is promoting colorblind racism because Charlie's an actual racist. But I, do, you, do you understand what I mean by that? By this, the package, yeah, by, the by same, referencing well, it's, the one it's, line. Again, it's like the, it's the old, like, mid-90s, I don't see color thing. Yes. No, and nobody should see color. Yeah. Which I think has been replaced in in scholarly thinking by like no color is very very relevant to how outcomes and perceptions happen. And it, it yeah that's that's part it stems from a place that comes from this idea that the only thing that matters is merit mm-hmm. and your success and failure in life is entirely determined by merit and nothing else because they don't recognize that there are system that that racism still exists obviously. Mm-hmm. In addition, they don't uh, they don't recognize that there are systemic problems in this country. But mm-hmm. it's it does very much sound like a non-racist thing. It's about merit. That's what we care about. So of course the black woman couldn't be president of Harvard because because there's racism. no way she has the same merit as as, as a, a white, white guy. Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, weird how close to explicit they got with that one, isn't it? Like how close they got to just the yeah, explicit racism. Yeah, it feels like they've part. been pushing the boat out more recently, but yeah. Something, something, Overton window. It's, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Charlie, as I said, this Wired article comes out, and Charlie decides that it's the time to just go whole hog on this. Mm. Uh, he tweeted out, I think this is from yesterday, or yesterday as I wrote this down, which would have been uh, Saturday. Uh, where he said, quote, I haven't even done my show yet on MLK Jr., and already it's clear to me that I have found the sacred cow of modern America. Ask yourself, why is exposing the flaws of MLK's life and character something he said we should judge others by so controversial? Has I don't think Amer- it particularly is controversial. No, but it's because, I also it's because it's Charlie doesn't actually new. mean that. Yeah. It's not what he means. No. No. We'll get into how batshit some of the things he's saying about MLK. Okay, let's go. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Uh, Let's carry on. uh, He continues, has America become more colorblind and merit-based the more we have worshipped King? Question mark. Uh, And there's some element of all this 
that I think is Charlie actually being more honest than the rest of the right. Mm. Because it appears to me what he actually, what he wants to do, at least as a tool or a method of discrediting MLK and the ideas he stand for, is to actually admit that the one line Republicans know does not honestly encapsulate what MLK stood for, which also explains his retweet of the end wokeness account calling MLK a communist. Because that's, I think, probably more along the lines of what their real complaints are. He had he connections was, I mean, to he, communists. He certainly was a, a socialist of some form, I'd say. Sure. Not a communist, I don't think. I don't no, think he wasn't no, no. he wasn't a member of the communist party. I think party. if you he asked associated Jagger, with some people who were, but I think if you asked J. Edgar Hoover if he was a communist, he'd probably <laughs> say yes. And I think that goes back to a lot of this. The equating of civil rights and communism are just again, it's the same shit from the fifties and sixties. It's the same shit we've talked about the John Birch Society doing. Yeah. Everyone was doing it. All the white fucking racists, they hid the racism by saying it was about communism. Well, Charlie's if everyone has got no new ideas. Well, if everybody is equal, you tell me how anybody can have more <laughs> money than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Charlie Kirk's most recent plans to uh, bring down MLK and the Civil Rights Act, as is uh, part of his whole thrust here. Uh, <clears throat> Which, of course, begins with his speech at America Fest 2023 in December. Uh, and the YouTube live stream, which I was sort of surprised by this, has shockingly fewer views than I thought it would have. Only 37,000 for day one of the event. Okay. Which, hey, maybe that's a good sign for, yeah. you know, decent people. But still, I, I thought there would be more. That's How many on Snapchat, though? Cause <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, this event was held at the Phoenix Convention Center, uh, December 16th to 19th, and the list of speakers this time is is not great. Uh, it's, the, it's the usual suspects. It's like Don Jr. and Kimberly Classic. Guilfoyle, and there was like, I think Mike Lindell was on it this time. I don't really know. I only watched the Charlie Kirk parts. Uh, but yeah. if you haven't seen any footage from America Fest before, I highly recommend it. Not for any of the speeches. That sucks. But mm -hmm. for the batshit insane, like, interstitial performances and presentations that they do. Great. Like, so I went to watch Char Chucky's speech mm -hmm. uh, for, for this episode. And right before he speaks, there's like a five minute bad psychedelic trip of a video about America is hurting, but we can save it. And Benedict, of course, I'm going to play it for you right now. Of course, I let's go. Uh, I don't know if we need the full five minutes, but let's go. We don't go. need the full thing, but I'll give you a good portion of it. They Kay. cut in the audio for this after it already started. So it, we're coming in midstream, I think, but I just couldn't wait sure. to share this with all of you. Divided. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, okay, so, so did that say cigarettes? <laughs> no, it was, it was the second half of the word Amazing Grace. There oh. is a woman actually okay. on stage at America Fest singing Amazing Grace intercut with this not-on-screen narrator who is narrating over... A pretty expensive amount of stock footage, if okay. I'm being honest. It fully sounded like she was saying cigarettes. So no. Yeah. No. Okay. Fragmented by fear. Crime unchecked in American cities. Migrants pouring over the border. Pause it. Sorry. Uh huh. To have Amazing Grace playing over the migrants are taking over is a real fuck you moment. I told you this was fucking yeah. weird, didn't I? Cool. Yeah. Cool. A universal identity. Forgotten. 
And by the way, like the stock footage playing on the giant screens in, inside this entire convention center are like burning flags and BLM protests and all this shit. Nice. Everything you'd expect. They know America has been hurting. What are the rules behind this effort to unleash chaos on the people of the United States? And that we have reached our most defining turning point yet. Is this is a real ASMR, like. <laughs> America Fest. If they got that narrator off of Fiverr, I will never stop laughing. Someone please figure <laughs> out who that narrator is for me. We have what it takes to make it through this. Oh, an eagle in the background. Literal here. eagle cry, and then the turn. She's not a bad singer compared to some we've heard. Sure. I did, yeah. So we must not lose sight of who it is we are fighting for. Who is it? Oh, four. Okay. Okay, Benedict, she said four. That is not what they talk about next. No, and also, like, when she says four, does she mean our white children? <laughs> Cause, uh, how many words did she say? Was yeah. there 14 of them in there? <laughs> the U.S. military is in the middle of what is a massive recruiting drought. Parents need to get a grip and face the fact that this generation of children is growing up in a very different America. Transgender women, people born male, but who identifies. So they said who they're fighting for and then just have a list of narration of things they hate. Yeah. I don't get it. makes no sense. I do. That is outstanding. <laughs> of course, it'll be linked in the show notes for anyone who wants to go see it. So go check it out. I highly recommend it. It is a whole lot of fun. But Benedict. Uh, uh, so that's what happens immediately before Charlie okay. goes on to speak. I All guess right. this is probably like his keynote speech on day one sure. of America Fest. Uh, and before I take us to the relevant bit, there is a part of the very beginning of Charlie's speech that I just have to play for you and okay. that I promise is going to be clipped and put into the, the soundboard as soon as I get that up and running on the new computer because it's fucking glorious. Okay. This event... We had to add all these bleachers back here. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. By the way, all 50 states are represented here at America Fest. All 50 states. And 14 countries represented. Cool. Albania, Canada. <laughs> Boy, you got a tough one there. Justin Trudeau, he's got to go. Justin Trudeau, he's got to go. Hey, it rhymes. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm a funny guy. Finland, Germany, by the way, conservatives are growing in Germany big time. Ooh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. You're not wrong. You're just wrong. You're not wrong. You're just wrong. I, well, he's not wrong, but it's also the Nazis. So, like, <laughs> it's, that was it's the part AFD. It's alternative for Deutschland. So. That was the thing, Benedict. That was the thing. And I don't know if Charlie knows that, but I believe in my heart that he knows that. Uh, but so... 
Let's zoom ahead a little bit. There's something I actually find really revealing about Chucky Speecher that I couldn't okay. help but notice, which is that he, infra- he frames the entire philosophical and ideological conflict in this country as one of a counter-revolution to a top-down revolution being led by... Is it pressure by... from above, pressure from below? Not quite, but it's interesting. Here it is. Okay. Multiple years. Raise your hand. That's amazing. We're living through a top-down revolution, everybody. Mm. We're living through a revolution that's different than most others. It is a cultural revolution, similar to Mao's China. Mao's, yeah. Cool, yeah. Nice. This revolution is when the powerful, the rich, the wealthy decide to use their power and their wealth to go after you. Instead of That's not a revolution. That's just that's society. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's the opposite of a revolution. They are spending their money to destroy the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. George Soros, Lorene oh, Powell cool. Jobs, Mackenzie yeah. Bezos, Reed Hoffman. Mackenzie Mark Bezos? Reed- what the fuck do they know about Mackenzie Bezos? Just that she has a lot of money and supports progressive causes. Yeah, yeah like, oh, that's right. gotta be it. Again, it's just so fucking dumb. But I that's do think that insane. is a little bit revealing, right? We are the counter-revolution. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a counter- That's what- because there's no fucking left revolution going on. There's just yeah. rich people with a lot of money. But I think, as I've said plenty of times on this show, and I think I stole the idea from somewhere, but I don't remember where, uh, that fascism is just the right-wing solution to the problems of capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the idea that's being expressed there, whether it's said or not. But I think you stole the idea from me, and I probably stole it from someone else. I How dare you claim that I stole from you? I never steal from you. That's not true. I say smart <laughs> shit all the time, and then you forget I said it, and then say Absolutely. it back to me. But this next bit, I swear to God, Charlie must be doing a bit just for me. Where I'm, cool. where I'm about to start from, Charlie said, right before actually where I start, Charlie said that he had 100 teens in a Holiday Inn Express. And for some reason, that Sorry, combination of words what? had me laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> But he said he 100, had 100 teens in a Holiday Inn Express. That's but, <laughs> also what a pimp might say. <laughs> but Ben, here is also this next bit, which had me had me giggling, had me okay. giggling a whole lot. Conservative movement. You can see this. The whole room is just unbelievable. Now, I know many of you are saying, but, you know, I have to send my kid to college. I have to send my kid to college. One of the ways that we are reaching students is online. You see here, we are reaching millions and millions of young people every single day. Joe Bob, Alex Clark, Savannah Hernandez. Who? Who is Joe Bob? Joe, I know who Savannah Hernandez is. She's a former InfoWars reporter. But who in the ever-loving fuck is Joe Bob? Great. Benedict, we're going to have an episode on Joe Bob. Joe Bob? (laughs) Nice. We have an army of online influencers. An army, Army, yeah. A digital team. It's the most dominant year it's online. It's like Don't BTS's army, but way less fun. But so I will remind you that he started off saying this by pointing out how they are reaching the kids. Mm. Talking to a the room youth. that is ostensibly do, supposed to be kids? full yeah. of those kids, right? It's not. It's full of full of older people. Time yep. to say writing in third person. But he Mr. Kirk's social media posts garnered far more engagements, a combination of likes, retweets, comments, and other interactions than those of mainstream news organizations like the New York Times and CNN. Thank you, New York Times. So Charlie decides that he, what he has to do to prove that he's reaching the kids is point out that he gets a lot of retweets. Yeah. 
Good stuff, Chuck. Great point. That's what the kids are. For telling up Thor. Okay, but I, I need you to be silent for like the next okay. 15 seconds. I gotcha. swear to God. The greatest moment in any video I've ever watched. Okay. That we're bigger than the New York Times. Now you might say, but Charlie, what exactly is going viral? What What is the content that is being seen? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta play that laugh for you again. I, I swear think, to God, I, I don't think that's as good as you think it is. Benedict. Okay, maybe I was on edibles when I wrote this portion <laughs> of the episode. But Benedict, I swear to God, I listened to that little giggle fifty times. I can believe that. I do believe that. Going viral. What What is the content that is being seen? <laughs> <laughs> That's like you know why you, like, it's so that's, funny. That, that's the sound you make when you thought you were out of snacks and you find a Kinder Bueno <laughs> in the cupboard. You know why that's so funny to me, Benedict? That little giggle sounds so much like Zach Wolf. That sounds exactly like Zach Wolf from Silicon Valley. That's who that laugh does, sounds yeah. like. You're right. That's exactly what it sounds right. like. <laughs> he looks a bit. I could say, like you know, he doesn't look exactly like that, but he does look a bit like that. <laughs> Boy, I fucking love that. Uh, so, Benedict, it was about uh, a little bit past here in Charlie's speech that I started to worry that Charlie's MLK comments weren't actually in this speech that I was watching. Mm. And it was about 20 minutes after that that I was confirmed and realized that I'd have to explain to you that I watched the wrong video and made a bunch of notes about it and chose evil. Uh, so I oh, decided to so go for So you've done a for, long for episode for no reason. Okay, cool. <laughs> Well, we're an hour in now, so we'll see you next week when Kevin does part two of this episode. <laughs> but that made me go and watch his other appearances at Amfest, which mm -hmm. also did not include the quote. So I'm assuming that what Wired was talking about happened at some other part of the event, maybe that wasn't streamed or something, right? But it did make me start looking in other ways, like searching YouTube for like Charlie Kirk MLK, which okay. also didn't help. But did turn up one interesting video from two years ago that I can't play for you on air because it's like a 30-second meme video that somebody made on mm. YouTube where – and the video is titled, uh, MLK was a mixed bag, dash Charlie Kirk, where the camera slowly pans in on Charlie's face while the song Demons by Imagine Dragons <laughs> plays to comedic effect. Okay. But in that video, Charlie says, quote, Next question, then, is should we be teaching second and third graders to be hyper-conscious, aware of race all the time? I think that's destructive. I think it goes against the American promise of e pluribus unum, of caring more about character than skin color. And yes, Martin Luther King was a mixed bag. And Benedict, that's the moment when the chorus of the song hits and Charlie cuts off. And nice. it, it gave me an actually pretty decent giggle. It okay. really did give me a decent giggle. All right, giggle. put it in the show notes. But it shows that this at least is something that Charlie has been harboring for a few years. And I think that's something that, like, the Wired article portrays it as though it was a sudden switch, right? Because they point out that in 2022 he was still praising MLK. Mm. But that video, being at least two years old, I think says something about the fact this has been going on a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so at that point, Benedict, I decided to go look at other examples from the Wired article where I knew I could find Kay. some content, which is Charlie's podcast slash radio show which we've never listened to this is where show. i leave you <laughs> <laughs> so i figured hey let's see what the boys got right let's see if he's got any chops sure. 
uh, this is from a Monday, January 8th episode. Just last this year? Week. Okay. Uh, last week, yeah. Of the Charlie Kirk Show titled, You Deserve Better Than the GOP Is Giving You. Uh, That's which, true, but probably I'm, not in the right way. Not, not for the right reasons. Not for the right reasons. Um, <clears throat> Charlie spends like the beginning half of the show complaining about the recent spending deal, and he manages to turn everything into just a screed about whatever grievance pops into his mind at the moment, mm-hmm. right? He, he starts, like, it leads him into a discussion about the taking down of a statue of William Penn, who he's cool. apparently a huge fan of, and at one point goes on this, like, what's wrong with William Penn? What did William Penn do wrong? He was a founding father. They named Pennsylvania after him. Did he do this thing I hate? No. Did he do that thing I hate? No. Did he own slaves? Charlie does not say no after that one. <laughs> Oh, you know everybody did. Like, yeah, no. But Charles. the phrasing, tone, and placement imply that he means no. The way he says it. But Benedict William Penn absolutely owned fucking slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Charlie gets to talking about MLK after slandering Harvey Milk. Right? He first has to say, "Cool, Harvey Milk why is not?" Piece of shit. Because, because. Uh, oh, Benedict, did you know that uh, Charlie's a bigot? Did you not know that? I, Were you? That, I thought. That, hold on. I gotta check my text. I thought I had told you oh, that Charlie. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I missed it. Sometimes yeah. I miss uh, it. <laughs> but let's jump in and see what he had to say on his podcast here. That I think is what got the Wired article rolling. Okay. And then Martin Luther King Jr. We're gonna be hitting him next week. Yeah. Cool. On the day of the Iowa caucus, it's MLK Day. We're gonna do the thing you're not supposed to do. We're gonna tell the truth about MLK Jr. Tell it's better the tune truth. In next week, Blake is already preparing, and it's gonna be great. Blake is already preparing it, Benedict. Do you know? Phenomenal. Who- you know who Blake is, Benedict? A white supremacist. No, probably I don't. Oh, you you were correct. Uh, okay, you were cool. To, you, were, you were supposed to be wrong. Benedict, Blake is Blake Neff, the former Daily Caller writer and former top Tucker Carlson Tonight writer. Who got who fired. Was, for- who resigned from Fox News after it was revealed that he had for years posted racist, sexist, and homophobic comments on forums under the pseudonym Charles the 13th. Uh, and I always do examples to leave no room for doubt that these are actually okay. racist, awful pieces of shit. Uh, I don't want anyone coming along and say, oh, you're just saying that's racist. No. And uh-huh. I'll also link the CNN article, which I believe is the one that originally uh, reported this information about him. Uh, uh, but for example, some of the things he's done, uh, the five-year-long thread on the forum AutoAdmit, mocking a woman he was friends with on Facebook who posted about her dating life. Mm. Uh, there was in 2020... When he posted under a video of a black man assaulting a white woman on a train, quote, and to think if this guy got killed in some freak accident while being arrested, we'd have to endure at least three funerals in his honor. There was December 2019 when he posted, uh, this is quoting from CNN, quote, that there is a large minority of whites who are fully supportive of a fuck whitey agenda and that, quote, there's a suicidal impulse to Western peoples that honestly feels almost biological in origin. And then, in July of 2020... (laughs) So whites are evolutionarily (laughs) inferior, is what you're saying? Yeah. In July of 2020, the week that CNN dropped the article detailing all this about him, he posted, responding to a post that read, quote, Would you let a jet black Congo N-word, which was not censored in the post, Mm. do LASIK eye surgery on you for 50% off? Blake's response to that was, quote, I wouldn't get LASIK from an Asian for free, so no. 
In other words, Blake is an okay. open white supremacist. That's, ooh, okay. And after this was well known, and literally the first thing you get when you Google his name, Charlie Kirk decided to hire him okay, to cool. be a producer and sidekick on his radio show. And uh, yeah, not only hire him, not only sidekick, but as far as I can tell for the last six months Dude, or so- Dude, the research. <laughs> For the last six months or so, once a week on Saturday, Charlie releases a podcast with Blake Neff and neo-Nazi collaborator Jack Posobiec. Uh, mm. I'll again refer everyone to Michael Edison Hayden's fantastic series of articles about Posobiec on Hate Watch uh, until eventually we're going to get do an episode about him. It, it's going to happen. I swear. It's just whenever I get the time. Uh, and another piece of shit and TPUSA spokesman Andrew Colvett titled Thought Crime. Mm. Uh, which this week, after the Wired article was released, uh, decided to talk about it. So let's jump right in and see what they had to say on Thought Crime, because they're so edgy and cool, Benedict. Uh, and where we're here picking up, uh, this is like after like 10 minutes of whining about white men not joining the military. Cool. Literally. That's what they were complaining about for about 10 minutes before they get to this. What's our next topic, Blake? Uh, do we want to talk about the letter we got today? Yes, that would be great. And I want to announce uh, Blake's new role. <laughs> so I've been teasing this. Again, we do all sorts of crazy stuff on our show. Jack, you're Ooh, crazy. crazy guys. And I've been teasing this. I'm so hyped. So um, apparently Monday's a federal holiday. I don't know. Why. Allegedly. I'd never heard of this before. I don't so know There's why. like some holiday, holiday in mid-January. What holiday? It's a holiday of... Like, it seems weird to have it. We just... This is the most white guys doing a podcast podcast you have ever heard. There is nothing more white it's guys doing a podcast. I mean, this. honestly, it's just boring. Like, had two holidays, kind of three. So, if you so count ridiculous. No, no, the holidays just ended, and yeah. so we're saying happy holidays, and then it ended. So there's no more holidays. Yeah. So when the last year, I promised myself when this came around, we were going to go after it, and so here we are. And we're gonna. I'm, I'm just going to tease it. You got to watch the show on Monday. And I just said one. It was kind of a throwaway line, right, Andrew? It, it was, was such a throwaway line. It was a throwaway <laughs> thing. Me. I mean, I'm just kind of doing this thing and. Some tech blog called Wired Magazine. Uh, you'd think they would write about never it. heard of no, Wired Magazine. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, computers, the internet, Bitcoin, crypto, you know, engineering. Hacking, but apparently, security. they just police what people think about a, a certain infamous American of the mid twentieth century. Yeah, some holy police. figure. Yeah, so consider I'm yourself police. Must be a religion blog. Who is this guy? I don't know. His secular name. saint. He says, "Hi, I'm a reporter with Wired Magazine in New York." I'm reaching out because we're publishing a story about Charlie Kirk's comments on Martin Luther King Jr. and his plan to release content about King on January 15th. Mind you, they act like I'm planning a terrorist attack. Like the way this is. No, this is just how reporters reach out. Yeah. Yeah, really. Like they try to give you the context. <laughs> also, like, it's pretty funny to call the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. a secular saint. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Mm, you'll hear about it when we get to it in a minute. No, I understand. His plan. I, I, know, I know what they're doing, but it's pretty funny to pretend he was not a religious person. Like, yeah. it's to create content on January fifteenth. Like, what? I mean, like, what? What am I like planning? Like a terrorist attack on you Christmas made that joke Day? Already, yeah. We cool. note in our piece. Oh, so you already wrote the piece? That's what I love about this, right? Yeah, yes. they're reaching out. Yeah, that, again, that's how journalism works. They don't email you before they get all the information because if they did, you'd go and try and hide a bunch of shit and come up with excuses and whatnot. Yeah. They're not asking me for comment. They're trying they to are. fill in Every a couple time. gaps. This is, we note in our piece. Oh, so you already wrote the piece. We note in our piece that Kirk describes King as, quote, a bad guy. It's true. And Kirk self-described very, very radical. View that the country made a mistake when it passed the Civil Rights Act. 
Also true. As we note in the... Mm. So he's confirming there on his podcast both things that Wired said. Yeah. Cool. You, you, yeah, yeah, they wrote the article you and they got, just it, they got it right. You could have just emailed him back. Yeah. Peace. Kirk has previously described Kirk as a hero and a civil rights icon. It's true. Previously described wrong. Kirk King. No, no. Uh, you talked over it. I got to go back just no, I 10 didn't. seconds here. Oh, hold on. It's true. And Kirk self-described very, very radical. View that the country made a mistake when it passed the Civil Rights Act. Also true. So again, they're confirming the other part of the reporting there that he thinks the Civil Rights Act was a mistake. Yeah, we talked about that already. I, I didn't talk well, over but it. We hadn't heard the audio of him confirming that. He yeah, did. we had. That's why you stopped it last time. No, that was for the MLK. No. Thing. As we note in the piece, Kirk has previously described Kirk as a hero and a civil then rights he just icon. It's true. Talked I about Kirk wrong. twice. Okay, no, uh, you're right. You're right. That's I what I talked about. That was it, which is where he said, I, "That's true. I used to be wrong okay. about his past statements about MLK being good." Yeah, but he what said inspired? Kirk described Kirk as a hero, so he's a fucking dipshit. He dude. Is. Kirk to shift his view on MLK. Why does Kirk think that MLK is a bad guy when Kirk says that MLK says, "quote one good thing he didn't believe"? What does he mean by that? Mm-hmm. Why does Kirk believe passing the Civil Rights Act was a mistake? Now, again, apparently they don't listen to the show because we do that at least once a week, yeah, right? Uh, once much. a week we talk about why the Civil Rights no, Act was Nobody a listens, not nobody listens, but like people don't listen to every episode of your show. I'm like, yeah. And why would they? Yeah. Does Kirk believe that racial segregation should be permitted in the United States? Again, this is how shallow they are. The answer to that question is yes. Because if you want to do away with the Civil Rights Act, if you think it was a mistake, you want you want those things to be legal. Yeah. It's as if if you don't support the Leviathan and the building of a mass racialized bureaucracy and a refounding of the United States via the Civil Rights Act, you must be pro-racial segregation. Now I'd love Are to you find there? this Answer guy and ask question. him, like, hey, when's the Wired magazine article going to be done on black-only dormitories? Well, you know, Benedict, the real racism um, are college affinity groups. That's the real racism, Benedict. When's the Wired magazine article going to be on anti-white hiring practices at Johns Hopkins? Never. (laughs) Does TPUSA see any tension that it sells merchandise of MLK on its website? By the way, we don't anymore. So this guy's outdated. What? They stopped selling MLK merchandise at TPUSA. Surely they... There's some image rights problems there. That's presumably why they had to stop doing it. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, pre- I presume Blake. they got hit with a fat cease and desist. Well, no, I, I would assume not because there's MLK merch all over. Like, I'm sure if I went yeah, to like, Amazon but and I can MLK, imagine. Yeah, yeah, stuff. but that's true. But, like, if your high-profile organization does not espouse the values that the King Estate would be happy with, I can imagine the King Estate being like, stop fucking selling MLK shit. Uh, I don't know. Do they have the time to police everyone who's using? I think his they have the image? time. I think they have the time to police TPUSA. I think. I think somebody should be policing TPUSA. Certainly, yes. <laughs> Clearly, Wyatt. Neff having creating content on ML because I. <laughs> what have I done this no, time? No, no, this is what the best. Being a white supremacist, Blake. That's what you've done. Right, because I mentioned Blake, and he says, "What role?" Well, this is a perfect time to release it. This is a perfect time to announce. <laughs> Little did this reporter know. <laughs> That Blake Neff is director of MLK history at the Charlie Kirk Show. Yeah. I, it's just something great. Joking about the open white supremacist you hired being the MLK guy on your show. It's also it's, just like the glee in his voice as he's saying it. It's just like, it's not, you know, it's not big or clever. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I- I've never been the kind of person who wants to go to one of Charlie Kirk's events and be the guy who stands at the microphone. But if I did, I would just read Blake Neff's post to him. And he would have no fucking response. No. It's my new title. Right there. Congratulations, right there. Blake. Director wow, of MLK Truth. Truth. MLK, they didn't know. I like the white MLK better. He's also known as the white Blake, MLK. Blake Neff. Yeah, ge- geopolitical analysts have referred to Blake Neff as MLK for white people. Now, I want you to understand how delicious this is. This is- Yeah, white supremacists joking around is fun Hilarious, stuff, isn't yeah. it? The throwaway line. I was passively planning this. Now I'm going all in. Yeah. It, this guy then finishes. This would have been like five minutes. It would have been a five minutes. No, the whole hour. Yeah. We're doing the whole hour. I'm prepping this all weekend. No, the whole hour, We're, Charlie. You're going to prep they all go, week. Wow. By the way, fun fact uh, when he did the episode today, um, he. <laughs> It's a three-hour show, and he did one hour on the MLK stuff. Yeah, he said he was doing an hour. Well, he said he was going to do the whole show. No, he said the full hour. Fine. All this out. Well, he did two hours on it, to be fair. It's as if I am going after a holy figure. And I say this without kidding. If I did a mockery for a full hour of Jesus Christ, you wouldn't get this sort of incoming. But if you dare. By the way, this is my favorite part, the last inquiry of this lunatic's email. What sort of content about MLK is Kirk planning to publish on January 15th? <laughs> You're going to have to watch the show, man. I mean, but it, this guy sounds like nervous. Yeah. As if I'm, it's like some no, sort of. it's just, it's for context in the article. Like, yeah. you're not that important. Benedict, they're so nervous over at Wired Magazine about yeah. what Charlie Kirk is going to post on Monday. What are you going to say <laughs> about MLK? No, they, like, that's not the tone with which it's written. Ending bomb. I'm going to plant in a plaza. On January 15th, what is he planning? Is it an insurrection? Are they going to storm the Capitol? No, I'm, I'm going to do an hour about how MLK is not worthy so you of agree that would be deification and worship. That if you pray in the name of MLK, it does not heal you of the sin of racism. You know, it's not okay? just, it's not just uh, you know, a religious <laughs> it thing. It's all- that is a very telling line but not mm-hmm. for the reason he thinks it is not at all for if you pray the name of mlk it does not heal you of the sin of racism yeah motherfucker exactly yeah also they're worried about treason because you know what if i <laughs> i'm gonna get it's my, sort like, of i'm gonna have my apartment raided who's Ameri- of we're told america is a republic or a democracy or a democratic republic or a republican democracy whatever but we're really a monarchy because if there's one person that like republicans and democrats agree is just our supreme authority it's Martin Luther King. No, it, great it's joke, not. isn't it? Great fucking joke there. Yeah. It's and what's his last name? His last King. name is King. Oh, nailed you it. You know it's great when you have to explain the joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what does everyone call him? MLK. What if I told you that the Semitic root MLK means king? Does it really? In Hebrew. Yeah, like Malachi. Is that it's right? A different that K. is true. 100% true. It's a different yeah. K. It's a K, yeah. not a K. So I didn't include it in the bit I picked out to play from that episode, but uh, Blake Neff, I think, because I was listening to the audio, I wasn't looking at the video. Um, I, I had the, the audio podcast rather than, than the video. Uh, but I think it was Blake Neff recommended a Twitter account called the Kvethe Anon account, mm-hmm. uh, which is a 60K follower blue check white supremacist account uh, that loves to post about Oswald Spangler, the uh, fascist philosopher. Uh, complain about equal opportunity laws, including one tweet I saw uh, that complained, quote, not only is it illegal to hire only white men because you believe they'd be more competent, it's actually illegal to hire only competent people because more of them would turn out to be white men. Oh, good. And then, quote, quote tweeting an Ibram X. Kendi tweet 
which the tweet Ibram X. Kendi wrote said, quote, to assume merit is the reason white people are overrepresented in positions of power and influence is to assume white people are superior. To assume peoples of color in positions of power and influence are unqualified and unmerited is to assume peoples of color are inferior. The only word in the quote tweet that this account did of that was the Can word, I guess? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was yes. Okay, cool. It was yes. Uh, great stuff, Chuck. Bringing on your white supremacist buddies to tweet out all their bigotry and support uh, all the white supremacist causes they really care about. And of course, all this means that I was very interested in what Chucky had to say about MLK on Monday, today, as we're sitting here. Okay. I was sure that whatever it was, it was going to be bad. In the sure. ge- just, just in the general sense, mainly because of how awful Charlie is and everything he does. Mm-hmm. But also because his closest advisors on the topic appear to be two actual white supremacist shitheads, Blake Neff and Jack Basobiak. So starting off the day, Charlie was posting on Twitter with the boys, as you do. Uh, and several days ago, Jack Basobiak sort of highlighted what I think uh, a lot of this is connected to. Uh, for a lot of these people, and uh, the white supremacists' obvious opposition to civil rights, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted on Twitter that the Civil Rights Act was the Treaty of Versailles for white people. Cool, so a great betrayal and stab in the back that will lead to inevitable Nazism. Nice, okay, nice. Boy, I think mm, there's, there, there's that option, Benedict, there's that option. I think there's also the option of the way that the Nazis used it, which I think is what he means, because Jack Posobiec is a Nazi. Yes, uh, not a great thing to say. And then, I, I'm just, am I wrong in being blown away that Charlie is so openly cavorting with fucking Nazis? Like, is that am I weird in wondering? Because Charlie has always portrayed himself as something different as than not that. that. Yeah. Why? Why am I so blown away by this? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I honestly don't know. Uh, but Charlie himself, he started off the day with a tweet that said, "Quote: Who was MLK?" A myth has been created and has grown totally out of control. While he was alive, most people disliked him. Yet today he is the most honored, worshipped, and even deified person of the 20th Mm. century. Today we are going to tell the truth and explain how this myth was born. Happy Monday was how we ended that Happy MLK Day. Yeah. And then another tweet he wrote said, quote, The deification of MLK and his proto-DEI ideology marks the exact moment that the progress progress of black America goes sideways. Their cities disintegrate. Ah, yes, that's the exact moment where things go wrong. Yeah. Their families collapse. Educational progress stagnates. They become enormously dependent on government support. Crime explodes, and 25% of black men are incarcerated by age 25. You will know the tree by its fruit, which is one of Chuck's fucking favorite dipshit phrases. Uh, The replies are also pretty revealing. Go take a look at his timeline from Monday if you want to see that. Uh, But what's interesting to me is all the bog-standard Republican accounts replying that Chuck is making a mistake interspersed with the very happy groiper shits. uh, They think it's great, presumably. Posting clips of Nick Fuentes in the comments. It's it's all fantastic. And that brings us, finally, Benedict, to the last thing we're going to watch video of, okay. which is his show today on Monday on MLK Day, cool. which is live streamed on Rumble where I watched it. And I, nice. I got to say right off the bat, YMCA, what the fuck are you doing advertising on Charlie Kirk's videos? Like, you, you need to get that checked out. You really do. You ought to get that checked out. Uh, and also, 
Chuck should really disable the live chat on his videos, since one of the first chat messages I saw was someone who posted, quote, the Jews are the reason Marxism exists. Charlie, it's a problem when your audience becomes visible. Yeah. Because then people start to realize. Uh, and this is also irrelevant, but something I picked up on just watching hours of Charlie Kirk for this episode is that he definitely, and if you think about this, you'll notice it, he has a distinct but understated Chicago accent and speaking style mm. that I think you only notice if you think about them as about that as you listen to him. So keep that in mind. I want you to hear it because it kept digging into my brain as I was doing this. But so this is a three-hour show that he does every day, the Charlie Kirk Show, which you heard him promise he talked about MLK for the whole thing, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> he spent the first you know hour-ish of the show talking about, about the uh, Iowa caucuses that obviously happened today. And it was just it, it really boring, right? He spent most of it attacking Nikki Haley, uh, doing that thing where he uses her first name, Nimrata, to highlight her non-whiteness, obviously, sure. to all his listeners. And, and by the way, I see people on our side doing that shit too and knock it off. Don't play into fucking racist tropes. If she wants to go by Nikki, that's fucking fine. Yep. We don't, like, I always say, the only acceptable dead name is for Twitter. That's <laughs> the only time it's acceptable to dead name. It will always be Twitter. Everything else, fuck off. Uh, that's not a dead name. It's not the same, I know. But you get the point that I'm making. Allow, yeah. allow her to use her own chosen name. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun with the ads that Charlie does on his show, which I think, uh, once again, also show that he and his advertisers know who his real audience is. Mm -hmm. um, he did one for a company called Legacy Box, which is there digitizes... also a catheter ad? <laughs> no, but Legacy Box digitizes physical media, like printed photos. Gotcha. Um, okay, and during yeah. his ad read, he specifically noted that they do 8mm film, cool. which is something I don't think has been in use since, like, the 80s. Mm -hmm. So, eh, points to a thing. There's bullshit supplements, as of course there is, right? Um, I forget. I didn't write down the name of the one he did while I was watching, uh, but uh, uh, it was for, you know, like joint pain and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, ads for Hillsdale College, uh, gold sales companies. He actually held up a piece of silver that his gold company had given him and said that we looked it up and it's worth five grand. And then Blake Neff corrected him that it was only worth $1,000. Sure. Uh, there's a product called Relief Factor for joint pain, of course. Okay, which is, yeah, is this huge. is for old people. That's it's fine. huge, Benedict. It's huge among the high school and college crowds. <laughs> joint they, pain, yeah. They love Relief Factor. They're all about it. And then, like, it was just the whole first part of the show. It was just bog-standard Trump boosterism, right? Nothing special there. But in the second hour, Charlie finally gets into the promised MLK shtick with a special guest. Vince Everett Ellison is this mm. guy who Charlie incorrectly calls Ellinson before he joins the show. And he does it again uh, at several points throughout the show with this guy. Uh, he is an African-American conservative who I'm sure was booked because Charlie needed some cover for his racism. Um, and, you know, we've said this before on the show. Benedict and I, as two of the whitest white guys, mm. not in the best position to talk about tokenism from the black perspective. No. Because we don't have experience on that or any relevant perspective, and there are plenty of great uh, POC content creators who have made videos and podcasts about that topic. Uh, I think FD Signifier on YouTube has done a great amount on it. Um, 
Uh, he's talked about it in his videos plenty. Go check him out. I recommend him. So we're being uh, DEI'd out of the ability to talk about this? Exactly Is that what you're telling me? Okay, cool. But I do think we can talk about the motivations of white commentators who For engage sure. in tokenism as a form of defensive maneuver to accusations of racism. Yeah, because they don't want to get yelled at online. Fair that enough. That is exactly what I also on. never want to get yelled at online. So It is absolutely, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Yeah. The flip side of which... From my perspective, from when I was a right-wing shitbag, is saying to your white friends when there's nobody of color around, well, there's a difference between a black guy and an N-word. Mm. Which is, in all honesty, something I said a lot when I was a piece of shit. Yeah, that uh, doesn't surprise me. No, it, it's a very common phrase among racists. Uh, but Ever Ellison is somebody I had never heard of before, mainly because he's a nobody and nobody gives a shit who he is. Um, his bio on the Young America's Foundation website, where he's available as a speaker, uh, says he was born the son of sharecropping farmers who started a gospel singing group that he was part of before eventually becoming a prison guard for several years. Uh, it also, by the way, lists his speaking fee as five to ten grand. And it does note that in 2000, he received the Republican nomination for South Carolina's sixth con congressional district. So... Um, cool. Uh, I'm sure you're aware he probably probably won that race, right? Probably. Don't I think would imagine. So. Don't think he's I, a, a, a current sitting member did. of Congress. I don't know. Let's pull up Ballotpedia, Benedict, and see what might have happened there. He ran in that race against a little someone you've probably never heard the name of before, named James E. Clyburn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as Jim Clyburn. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta put the E in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy won a yeah. whopping 50,005 votes. Um, Out of presumably like 300,000. Sadly for, for Mr. Ellison, uh, this came up a bit short against this Clyburn, I don't know how to pronounce it, Clipburn Cl maybe? Clyburn. I don't know. Yeah. Against this guy's 138,053 votes. To be fair, uh, those are the funniest <laughs> uh, congressional runs to me of yeah. like, Running against someone who's like a mainstay, like in a deeply <laughs> like other side held thing. Well, I mean, either way, we, like we did a whole episode about perennial candidates who do that. No, but it's right? so funny. Yeah, we did. But it's so funny to then just be like, well, nobody, like, no actual Republican nominee wants to run here because they can't right. win. So right. I'm just, I'm just gonna do it so I can say I ran for Congress. Yeah, because so. they, they can make a full on career out of yeah, being exactly. a failed candidate. In an election, they never even had a chance. I'm gonna run on the for scoreboard. election in Long Island and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the tally on that uh, in percentages, uh, he had 26 percent compared to Clyburn's 71 percent, or as we call it in the biz, a fucking route. Yes. Um, uh, Ellison has also published a few books, uh, two of which I believe were published in 2019, uh, titled "Quote the Iron Triangle." inside the liberal Democrat plan to use race to divide Christians. And uh, another book, America in their quest for power and how we can defeat them. Mm. And then his other book has the worst title I've ever heard of. I think it's just, uh, I don't have it pulled up. I didn't write it down for some reason. I think it's just called 25 Lies. That's it. Okay. 20, 25 Lies is like the name of the book. It's weird. Nice. Um, other than that, his bio is just like, I've been on Tucker Carlson. I've been on this Fox News cool. show. I've been on Charlie Kirk's podcast. Great. Uh, but it does also note that he writes for the website American Greatness uh, and also for the website bizpackreview.com, 
which McAfee Web Advisor was very concerned when I tried to visit. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but American Greatness, Benedict, are you familiar with that at all? I'm not, but we are about to hit an hour and a half, so I'm going to need you to fucking push through. Calm down. It's one of those websites that you see shared by a lot of boomer blue check accounts uh, posting conspiracy theories. Uh, Among its its contributors uh, are Julie Kelly, who wrote that book, Rewriting the Reality of January 6th, uh, which uh, I bought and we never did because it's so bad it feels like punching down. Uh, Also, Victor Davis Hanson, who I think we may have touched on before. He's the guy who wrote the insanely racist article in 2013 responding to an Eric Holder speech about the talk that black parents have to give their children, mm-hmm. in which Hansen wrote his own version of the talk for his white children, where he cool. advised them to be careful around black people in the inner city because they commit the crimes. <laughs> Not crimes. And they also have a section on their website called the Winston 84 Project. I think project, it actually never says project, but what else are you going to call it? Uh, we're living in 1984, by the yep, way. Yep, of course we are. <laughs> Which it describes as, quote, This website collects and catalogs online voices with links to their platforms that have been deplatformed, mm. oh, demonetized, okay, yeah, yeah. shadow banned, or otherwise suppressed. We may or may not share their opinions, but we firmly support their right to be heard. Benedict, on that list of voices that they may or may not share the opinions of, include the anti-vax frauds America's frontline doctors, mm. uh, white supremacist collaborator Andy No, the Epic Times, fascist YouTuber and focus of some early H-Bomber guy videos, I think, the golden one, former, I think, I don't think she's involved anymore, Britain first leader Jada Franson, mm. uh, <laughs> numerous QAnon podcasters, PewDiePie is on the list. That's a weird one. Um, Red Ice TV. Okay. The white supremacist outlet V Dare. Oh, yep. and the other white supremacist outlet, American Renaissance, Jared okay, Taylor's cool. think tank. Yeah, that's all on there. So that's the well we are pulling from for this episode with this mm-hmm. guest of Charlie Kirk's. Um, and uh, boy, that's top quality stuff. So let's just jump in uh, with uh, Charlie's introduction of this guy. It's you know the other weird thing about Rumble is that. It serves ads, and it has a skip ad button like YouTube does, mm-hmm. but if you click it, it just plays another ad. Okay. Like, it's going to happen to me right now. Nearly 50 years. Skip ad. Oh, look, I get the same ad again nice. after clicking skip ad. What the fuck? Welcome back, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. <laughs> freedom at charliekirk.com. Great yep. email, buddy. Today, government buildings and schools and banks are closed all across the country. Before you say it, yes, that is a very Tucker Carlson-esque uh, A little, yeah, 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 yeah. They are closed because today is a national holiday. It's only one of two holidays in America that honors very one specific American by name. Think about mm-hmm. that. Think about that. That's only- very Tucker. Also, yes, his face has gotten smaller. The, 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 everything's gotten smaller. <laughs> Every time I see Faces him, why does this happen? Yeah. One of two holidays. The other one is, of course, George Washington, but we now just call it President's Day. It's his birthday. Now, today, of course, we're talking about his Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We told people last week that we planned to talk about MLK Day today. In fact, truthfully, I was planning maybe a five-minute segment. Like, okay, it's Iowa Caucus Day, little thing here, move on. However... The media got wind of it because they watch everything oh, we say on this media. program. Okay. syllable, and they made a huge deal about it. It went totally viral. And they flipped out, and they basically they get more wrote retweets a Greta than the New York Thunberg Times. story. How dare you? 
How dare you? Wait a second, I didn't even know what we're going to say. We had an idea, Charlie. Yeah. We had an idea. <laughs> were we right? Yeah, as it turns out. And based on the sheer volume of that response, it's been syndicated across the internet. <laughs> now, ML... He doesn't know what syndicated me. There's a lot of words Charlie doesn't know what they mean, honestly. Yeah. Just having watched several hours of him now, yeah. K has become a lot more than a man. MLK has become a myth. MLK is a quasi-religious figure. MLK the is the demigod of the 20th century. Did you know in a 2011 Gallup poll, MLK's approval rating was 96%. That same year... It's so clear he's reading from a script, by the way, right? That's like fine. I mean, you're allowed, to read, just, you're allowed to read from a script. What I, would say, what I would say is that happens a lot to dead people. <laughs> that their approval rating goes up? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Jesus Christ only had a 90% approval rating. Jesus is a beta cuck, that's why. Jesus wasn't so, real. In 2011, so. MLK was six points more popular than Jesus Christ. So this is the fight MLK you're choosing to pick. <laughs> the, the, you're like, this guy, this guy, I think I can win an argument about this guy being a bad guy. Yep. Is without a doubt the most respected, revered, honored, and even worshipped person of the 20th century. Nobody is worshipping. What does he think that means? Not what it actually means. Yeah. He is, by a million miles, the most untouchable figure of the 20th century. Teachers read kids' books about MLK's life to their students in kindergarten, kindergarten or in first what? grade. Kindergarten? It's some of the first education in history and civics that kids get. And take a pause for a second. Think about all the giants that lived in the 20th century. Churchill, Eisenhower, MacArthur, Einstein, Rockefeller, Billy Graham. None of them. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> One of hey, these Chuck, things is um, very much not like the other. Chuck, you want to have a discussion about Billy Graham and civil rights? I don't think you do. Probably buddy. not, no. I don't think you do. So uh, that's, you know, that's sort of just his intro here to this whole concept sure. of how he's going to spend the rest of the show talking about MLK and how evil and awful MLK is, all this sort of bullshit, right? Now, most of what Ellison has to say is very boring and very unoriginal, right? Okay. He rambles on about a bunch of religious stuff. Like, that seems to be the main thrust. AA, anti-communism. And this weird religious argument he's cooked up that, sure. like, to be honest, like my eyes glaze over with religious talk because it just bores, bores the shit out of me. But the core of it comes down to him saying, and this is basically, uh, this is a paraphrase of something he said, God gave me dignity. I don't need MLK to give me dignity. And the civil rights movement was wrong because the Bible says I shouldn't care about the world. Faith is all that matters. Blah, blah, blah. That's okay. basically it. But he does pretty explicitly blame MLK, like Charlie did, for the destruction of the black family and black society. Let's put it in his own words. Let's hear it. Let's do it. Uh, right now, Time Magazine said that America is more segregated now than it was in 1960. Bobby Rush stood on the congressional floor and said our public schools are more segregated now than they were in 1960. What did he achieve? He there is MLK. Yeah. The black family destroyed. The black church is apostate. Uh, the black economy is destroyed. The black politician is no good. He turned the black church over to the Democrat Party. We got five times more men in prison. The only thing Martin Luther King Jr. did was teach black people to vote for a Marxist Democrat Party. And that's why he has the statue and that's why they love it. Okay. So do you see why this guy agreed to come on the Charlie Kirk show and cover for some racism? Because more uh, people, uh, most people will not invite him on that show, yeah. It's hard to find someone with worse takes than literal white supremacist producers of the Charlie Kirk podcast. It's 
It's really hard to find something like that. Uh, so, yeah, they go on to the break. It's all, you know, MLK was a communist. Uh, he's the reason why all these bad things have happened to black people in our society. And he goes on, and I'm not going to play this portion because it's really gross, and you can Google it if you want to read anything about it. Uh, what it comes down to is a 2019 article by David Garrow, mm-hmm. a guy who won the 1984 Pulitzer Prize for his book about MLK titled Bearing the Cross. Um, and in 2019, Garrow viewed FBI files that had been released about MLK. And based on a single handwritten note attached to a typewritten report in that file, he published an article. Uh, well, he tried to first. It was rejected by The Atlantic, The Wall Street mm. Journal, The New York Times, and The Guardian, but eventually published in the British conservative magazine Standpoint. Um, and the gist of that article was, I found a note in this FBI file. Don't remember COINTELPRO. Don't, nobody pay attention. That's not, don't, don't think about it. Uh, but it said that MLK was part of a rape. Oh, okay. In a hotel room with a bunch of other pastors who were all doing it. COINTELPRO is not a thing though. So don't, don't think about that. Yeah. Um, it, this has been just widely panned by academics for being completely credulous about something written during the time that, again, as I mentioned, the FBI was actively engaging in sabotage of MLK and the civil rights movement through COINTELPRO. Like, uh, one professor named Jeannie Thea Harris at Yale University told The Guardian, quote, most scholars I know would penalize graduate students for doing this. Okay. Uh, Just shoddy, shoddy work that nobody really takes seriously. But that's the, this guy's biggest attack Actually, it's not even as big as there's some other weird shit in here that he mm. talks about. Like he claims that MLK murdered a guy or had somebody murdered on the floor of the 1961 National Baptist Convention. Cool. And then he had this breakaway group, which is the Progressive Baptist Association. And that's the apostate church. It's not sure. a real church. This is fucking insane shit. And Charlie is just so fucking Coming happy. and hiring along with it, presumably. So yeah. fucking happy to have someone on here shitting on MLK for him so he doesn't have to do all the hard work. It's just, it's really fucking weird. But again, all this stuff, uh, uh, being the most charitable I possibly can, I would say that their motivations are to disparage MLK because of his leftist or socialist views and connections to, you know, some people who were involved with the Communist Party, whatever. At a more realistic and correct place, I would say that their motivations are pure racism, trying to push to undo civil rights laws, which of course is where this all started with the Wired article, because that's what Charlie said he was interested in. Mm-hmm. And is, there's no really, there's no doubting it for me. I really don't think so. Uh, but eventually, he and Ellison do get to the topic of the Civil Rights Act, and the concept of civil rights does come up with uh, Ellison saying this. It was Marxism, just completely. He, he had taken the black church and he used it as a political vehicle. He wasn't talking about changing it through Christianity. Jesus Christ told us to change people by changing their hearts. He never talked about using the Roman army to change the minds of the Jewish people or anybody. He what? said, you have to let your light shine so men might see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. King said, no. 
He was like Vito Corleone in The Godfather, you know, when it first came on. <laughs> Martin Luther King is like Vito Corleone in The Godfather. Did you that know that? That is the perfect place to end the show, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry, we got a little bit more. Don't you try and do that to me. I told you it was going to be long, and yeah, I apologize. Yeah, and I said no, and you didn't apologize. I will have a cake delivered to your new apartment. I don't as want that. I want you to write shorter shows. <laughs> I can't do it. You can. And Michael told Kate the story of how um, we don't took uh, this big bodyguard by the name of Luga Rossi down and put the gun to the head of the band leader and told him either his brains or his name was going to be on the contract to let... His this guy just loves the Godfather, Benedict. Yeah, I mean, cool, dude. Like, his God me too. Go. Well, Martin Luther King says, I want, to have a, I want to eat a hamburger down south. Man says, no. He says, I'm going to go get the federal government. I'm going to put a gun in your head. If, if Vito Corleone... That is his interpretation of how the Civil Rights Act worked. Yeah, the federal government was very willing to, to participate and, and help. Was violent? How was King not violent? Charlie, I'm telling you, I want you beat up. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to hire somebody to beat you up. Am I a violent man? Of course I am. So King said, I want this and I want that. White folks down south said, I won't give it to you. I'm going to get the federal government to put a gun in your head and put you in jail if you don't give it to me. How is that not using violence? Okay. Boy, <laughs> I told you it was weird. That is I weird. told you it was weird, and I did not lie, did I? No. So, Benedict, last part we're going to watch of this video. Promise. Promise. So, after an ad for a supplement product, sure. they come back to Ellison's last segment on the show, uh, which Charlie kicks off like this. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Email us freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Vince will continue in a second. I do want to respond to. Um, one of the criticisms that somebody has sent. They say, oh, Charlie, you are tearing down statues no differently than the left. Well, first of all, I haven't called for tearing down any statues. But wait okay, a second. but this is, the, yeah, all right. He basically has called yeah. for the taking down of the MLK statue. He's trying to, well, he's trying to stop the MLK day, right? I mean, he he just refuses thing. to say, though. well, he keeps saying, well, does he deserve a statue? He just refuses to say the words in that order of yeah. take down that statue. Yeah, yeah. If you are, if you get a statue like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, you probably got it for a good reason. You founded a country. And if you're saying that Martin Luther King is a new founder of new America, then make that. Benedict, did you know that the only people with statues are people who founded a country? Did you know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> argument. The question is, should it be a federal holiday? Should it be one of the largest statues, monuments in Washington, D.C.? These are legit. It's not even close. Like, didn't we go to, didn't you, we it go is by big. it when we were, it's a big, it's, it's a big, big statue. Benedict, the Washington Monument Yeah, is yeah, much, but like, as a, as a statue of a person, it is a big statue. Fine. Um, what I will say is, is that I think it's interesting that Charlie Kirk is admitting that our leaders can have flaws and that we don't have to idolize and deify them weird yeah. how it's only a black leader he's doing that to. Yeah. As opposed huh. to Thomas Jefferson, who's just across the water. George Washington also owned slaves, yeah. And is it the myth, the legend, the fable? Or is it the reality? And what purpose does it serve? That's literally Has the same question made... you could ask of all the founding fathers. Yeah. I mean, it's no yeah. different. Absolutely. America, a better country. We want all people to have a better quality of life. Marxism is not the pathway, and race Marxism certainly Race Marxism. That's Benedict's. MLK's favorite thing. Race, race Marxism. Marxism. So 
after Ellison leaves after that segment, uh, Kirk brings on white supremacist Blake Neff to say his piece on all this. And Benedict, I'm going to spare you from all of that because I decided to make my first YouTube video on my new channel, Lunatic Fringe, about this week of Charlie Kirk content that I watched. So that will be coming in the next month or two. uh, And I'll cover this then. Uh, Maybe I'll link the YouTube channel because it's already been created. I haven't put anything on it yet, but I created the handle and whatnot. Uh, so maybe I'll put that in the show notes for anyone who wants that when it comes out. Uh, I had to, I had to tell myself because you've know I, Benedict knows I've been planning to do this for a while now, uh, but uh, uh, I, I just had to tell myself okay I have to commit to doing a video within some sort of time frame or it's not going to happen. You do yeah you do and, and you can do so, more of your stuff that uh, I don't want to participate exactly. in, in the, on, the, exactly. on that channel and then we can just talk about books and history which is what I want to do anyway. Isn't that gonna be fun? Yeah, it's going to be much better. Yeah. So, yes, uh, I will link that in the show notes so you can uh, uh, check that out, subscribe, and be ready for when I drop some videos. I might do one or two short things ahead of that just to get uh, the editing uh, stuff, you know, figured out that I need to do and whatnot. But uh, I'm excited. Bennett, are you excited for my new YouTube channel? I am excited because it will mean we don't have to keep Be supportive, asshole. I am excited. But, uh, you know, after all we've seen today about Charlie Kirk, right, the only description of how we got here, I think that uh, I I referenced earlier in the episode, is that Nick Fuentes won, right? (laughs) He managed to largely co-opt a massive conservative organization and its leadership to his goals and get them to be much more openly racist than they would be previously. I haven't checked in on him today and seen if he's posted or said anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does some shit, tweets or posts or whatever, saying that, that I don't know, Charlie Kirk is based now. Poo, poo, pee, pee. Little fucking groiper shit. <laughs> God, I would beat the living shit out of any one of them in a fight. I have never seen a groiper I could not murder with my bare hands. Which is not cool. saying I would, but I have never seen one I couldn't. Okay. Um, so to close all this out, Benedict, really, I just have one question for you. Has your mind changed? No, I think it's dumb. It's a stupid crusade <laughs> that he's on. Uh, Do you? But he's gonna have an effect on some people, right? No, not enough though. Like independent, like there, like literally, that there is no way he's winning this fight. I don't know, honestly. No, I, I zero percent. Zero, maybe you have maybe more half, faith in the maybe right than half I do. a percent. No, absolutely not. There are way too many dads that love Martin Luther King. Without I think he ha- ticks like, a couple percentage points. I think let's, let's place our bets, Benedict. Let's place our bets. Yeah, but I okay, say, okay, okay, okay. I say hold on. That no. by this time next month, the fifteenth of February, MLK's approval rating has dropped by three percentage. That points. okay, fine, sure. I I would I would give you the I would I would say that might happen for sure. <laughs> but like that's from a starting point of ninety six percent. Like it never ever ever dips below eighty percent. Yes, but I, I think the point I would make is that a couple percentage points indicates millions of people who are now open to white supremacist talking points. Yeah, I sure. But it like, is a process of nobody, drawing nobody's them into white changing their mind that isn't already that doesn't no, already no, they actually were all, think yeah. that. No, they're, I don't they're think it's changing any mind. Yes. I think it might give some people permission to say what they actually think. I think it's a process of funneling and channeling them into being more open about their racism. Sure. I think is what it is. That's fine. But uh, I don't think this is changing any minds. No. It's certainly not converting any independent voters. But we can end Benedict's pain here. And I will say, 
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Brian Smith, Sam Walsh, Dan L., Jamie Fritz, Teach Peace, Dr. Millennium Land William Swim Womley. I murdered it this week. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. The Ghost of Larry Nichols, Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari. Pause for Wee Woo! Wee Woo! Wee Woo! Wee Woo! Remember the Wee Woo machine? I do. Uh, new buildings are a globalist conspiracy. Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson Fetro, Tori and the Gallant, Shadow Princess vs. the Raptor Wolves, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S., New Year, same old bastard. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, Benedict, what art thou, bright spot? So this two hours is over. It's an hour and 46. Shut up. Uh, Flack Weasel, Sadie's Sister Wednesday, Kieran Dackler, join us next week for our live show in the City of Rapture. <laughs> You'll get that when you play Bioshock. Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Pause, A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, A Wonk in Lux, No Luxembourg, Luxembourg, Stefan, Elon is a Rogue State, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches. Oh, big breath. Mockingbird Nation, Baka! Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, Taro Takanan, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, Big Breath. Goodbye. Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.